Welcome to RPG Archive. Uh, it's, the, it's the show where we archive RPGs. No, oh yeah. Be, there's got to be a better intro to that, but I'm kind of new at this. Uh, well, it's the show that we talk about RPGs in long form and, uh, and discuss their history, their impact, and what we thought of them in general. And today my guest is Teddy from Majority. Yes, hi Spencer. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm super excited. We're continuing our quest uh, un- of dragons. Indeed. And uh, yeah, we've talked about it before in the first game archive. And uh, I'm excited to talk about the second one today. It's definitely a notorious title in some respects. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, like you mentioned, we're talking about Dragon Quest 2 today. Uh, before we start talking about that, what do you think of Dragon Quest 1? The archive. <laughs> Well, we have, oh, the archive. It's, I thought you were going to say the game. <laughs> well, it's funny you should ask. Um, no, I really liked it. I thought we covered an array of topics. And, uh, we, you know, that's a game with a lot of historical value. And so I felt that we did it justice. How did you feel about it? I was happy about it. There's some uh, amendments we're going to have to make real quick. But uh, in general, I like the flow of it. I like how it went. We'll, we'll continue on that trajectory, I'm assuming. Uh, and one one thing we're going to rectify real quick while we get started here is uh, oh before we do any of that though make sure you uh, like comment subscribe you know do all those things if you haven't already and uh, hang out with us on the button mappers discord I'd rather just use that one <laughs> it's, it's so lively <laughs> uh, so yeah hang out with the button mappers discord and uh, we're on uh, i i uh, Apple Podcast that's what it's called I keep thinking iTunes I don't know I guess that's old school. Uh, and make sure you check out Majority's channel, which is Majority. Right. In the tone of Majority. There it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, he talks about consoles. I do. And uh, make sure you check us out on the Button Mappers, where we do uh, videos every Monday. Basically, we're sending you everywhere but here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But stick around. We got some good talking points here. Absolutely. All right, so uh, before we talk about Dragon Quest Two, one thing I did not mention Dragon Quest One that I wish that I did was talking about the sales because I'm a numbers guy. I like looking at the business side of things. And uh, Dragon Quest, I like to focus just on the NES version because that's like the big hitter. And then, of course, there's other versions that get released, but I like to look at the historical value of the sales numbers for Dragon Quest on the NES. And that one did 1.5 million sales. Which, for the time, is pretty good. And that was uh, pre-Reggie, right? That was pre-Reggie. Right. It actually did a, did 3 million sales if you include uh, the U.S., but I'm pretty sure those numbers are skewed because of the giveaway. Yeah, I think so. I think pre-giveaway, they were really low in the U.S. And then, supposedly, I was reading a little bit into this today... Um, I don't know the exact influence, but when Dragon Quest II was released, it it boosted sales of the first game. That would make sense. That would make sense. Um, I want to talk, speaking of the Dragon Quest sales, about Shonen Jump. They had a huge influence on the sales of the first Dragon Quest, and I'm sure subsequent ones as well. But supposedly it wasn't as big of a deal even in Japan until Shonen Jump started marketing it. Uh, do you read Shonen Jump, or what's your experience with that? 
<laughs> I'm looking at my shelf for like manga. I have like five manga issues. It's possible. I don't really, I'm not like a, a manga or anime guy. Um, so I've watched Shonen Jump animes. Like I've watched the Naruto's and the Dragon Balls. Um, I don't know if Yu Yu Hakusho is Shonen. Um, but I do have exposure to the name. Well, um, obviously it became a big deal because they did the, they had a Kira Toriyama's artwork and that's kind right. of the way that they, that's their, what do, you, what do you call it? The Trojan horse to get it into uh, people's hearts and minds. So pretty genius. And I think it worked, especially, well, specifically in Japan, obviously in America, it didn't really work at all. Let's talk about the reception of it. Um, it. Oh, crap. Hold on. Dragon Quest 1. All right. And the reception of it was... Uh, it got a 30 out of... Oh, sorry, 7.8 out of 10 from IGN. And ironically, a 3 out of 5 from Nintendo Power. Hmm. You know, they're the ones that like help, tried to help market it like crazy. <laughs> yeah, there's some, some uh, cruel irony there. And I guess Famitsu but... wasn't a thing yet. But uh, All Game gave it uh, 3.5 stars out of 5. Okay, so let's not forget, too, uh, that the Dragon Warrior in the U.S. released three or four years later mm -hmm. than it did in Japan. Yeah. So by that point, I correct me if I'm wrong, I believe we had at least Final Fantasy 1. Uh, let's take a look at Final Fantasy's release date. I think you're right. It released, well, it released in, yeah, it did. It released September 18th. 1987 let me see if that was in america though right um uh, release date it doesn't say it's specific to one yeah uh, if you go on the wikipedia page it usually distinguishes between jp and us it uh, it didn't up there but it does here in north america in 1990 oh interesting hmm yeah, so it hadn't even come out yet. Almost. That's weird. Then why why are U.S. gamers so picky at the time? <laughs> Maybe there's a marketing thing. I don't know. That's I weird. mean, 86. When, when did the Nintendo come out? Nintendo came out... Because Mario Bros. is like the same year as 86, if I'm not mistaken. Then Japan and America. It came out in uh, 1980. 85 right so like there's kind of an important thing here about this is that the nintendo came out one year before dragon quest came out and also one year before super mario bros came out or actually mm -hmm. same time i guess it was a pack-in with uh duck hunt or whatever yeah yeah so the difference of dragon quest in 1986 versus five years into the console lifespan in 1989 I could see why it's 
kind of not spectacular by the time that you, that people are playing it. Yeah. Yeah, you you could sort of see, and I, they made a couple of those concessions with the save thing, which I can't even imagine playing this game with passwords. Like, Jesus, <laughs> that would because I can't like it couldn't save your like all, everything, so that would be weird. Um, so obviously they made those benefit benefiting concessions, but it's like, yeah, it's an old game. By the time America gets it, they've had the flurry. regardless yeah. if Final Fantasy is out or not. Yeah, yeah, that could be a huge factor in it. Um, but, uh, yeah, it looks like it wasn't reviewed super favorably over here, but in Japan, obviously it picked up a lot of steam and, uh, and eventually became their big seller over there. So just interesting to see the the contrast between the two. All right. Have you ever seen like the cultural appreciation of Dragon Quest in Japan, like in videos or media? I know that the, the bunny girl thing is a big deal um what's the, what's the other stuff you got i just know i've seen videos on youtube of like dragon quest being marketed all over the place on the subway like in the you know advertisements on the sub or like you know they'll play like the dragon quest theme on the subways like certain times a year yeah um so it's it's really revered over there it's so, it would be so cool like to go there and just experience that very different culture because like here if you're going to see a game being marketed, it's probably Madden or Call of Duty or something. So it's interesting right. that over there, it's like, like I remember Persona 5 was so heavily marketed. They even took a, like a, a subway. So, you know, like there was a place on the little subway area that there's like sold food. They like changed it to a Persona 5 thing and like only sold Persona 5 food there. Like, it's so oh, interesting. Cool. <laughs> so I don't know much about the Dragon Quest stuff, but I know it's huge. So that would be so cool to just go down, like or walk down the street and see signs for Dragon Quest. <laughs> mm-hmm. I would love that. Agreed. Maybe we'll get to do that sometime. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's skip to uh, Dragon Quest 2. Uh, I wanted to talk about the making of. I posted a little discussion point. It was an interview with Yuji Hori. On uh, Shmuplations, right? Yeah, yeah. And, 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 yeah, uh, I read that one last night. It was pretty interesting. So there's a multi-character party in this one. Uh. This is obviously probably the biggest change from Dragon Quest One. What did you think of having a multi-character party? Like, did it was this a completely different game? Okay, um, so in talking about the fact that you can have multiple characters in your party, we also need to mention that you can have you're fighting multiple monsters on the screen. Yes. Um, so, like, you could be fighting anywhere up to I believe it's four or five monsters at any given time. Yeah. The entire. Um, well, okay, so in the first game, you have kind of like a jack-of-all-trades kind of hero who has healing spells, he's an attacker, and, uh, you know, he goes up by level, and he has different stats based on your name. Okay, cool. Um, in this one, you have only three characters, so your options are very limited. And uh, one thing I was saying when I was thinking about this last night, and I was doing, like, uh, my Monster Memories video, is, and, and we had mentioned this before, the main characters feel really subdued by comparison to the the hero in Dragon Quest 1. What do you feel about that? You mean they feel subdued in that like they don't have a lot of stuff going on? Right, so like the main hero, the the Prince of Middenhall in mm -hmm. Dragon Quest 2, yeah, doesn't have any magic spells. He doesn't get heal power. He has no mana. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. The Prince of Kanik 
is a magic user and his attack is pretty weak even with the best upgrades in the game um but he's got some good magic and then kind of the same deal for maria yeah yeah so so you're clearly the leader um except you're not usually in in modern games or modern rpgs if you're considered like a leader character you have buffs um you do not have anything (laughs) which is odd yeah it's definitely odd i think and again this comes at a time like so long ago that there weren't rules like there wasn't like they were writing the rules now what we're playing is them writing the rules so so it's like okay you have you have one character that does nothing except attack one character that heals kind of and does magic some magic and one character that does mostly magic and some heals um it's not the best combo in my opinion but um again they were they didn't have the rule book that we have now so it's it's interesting to see them trying to come up with what's that balance of of character direction that you want well, one thing to recognize as well is, you know, we had mentioned in the last archive that Dragon Quest One was based off of uh, computer-based RPGs like Wizardry, whatever that is, um, <laughs> with like the vampire or whatever. And so like this one, they mentioned that too, and they tried to take the party system from Wizardry where you could have up to six people in a party at a time, but the Famicom could only produce so much and you could, they maxed out at three. Yeah. And so there is that limitation. But even within that limitation, as they're writing the rules, you know, I agree, you do need to be forgiving in a sense. But for most modern gamers, I think this is a it's it's a hard sell. <laughs> oh yeah. You know. <laughs> <laughs> and it kind of makes sense if you look at it from like the wizardry perspective. Because it's mm-hmm. like in, in traditional D D, barbarians or, or not necessarily barbarians, but like fighters, it's kind of barbarians in a way, don't have any magic. Like, they, they, they are literally attackers. And right. so that kind of makes sense, but it doesn't, like, kind of like you're saying, it doesn't really translate to a fun, playable video game that people are would, would like now, uh, especially considering where, where RPGs have come. It's, it's very odd. Here's the thing. With, uh, you know, I've, I've played a couple Dragon Quests in my life, and, you know, I started, like, the first one I finished was 4. And I just remember 4 making me work you know, for that ending. And it's, it, in some respects, it is laborious. You know, it's, it, and some people would call it tedious having to do all of that grinding. And there are definitely points in Dragon Quest II with that tedium. But I absolutely love how it just is kind of vicious and how it makes you really earn your way to take on the end boss in a turn-based format. Like, I remember playing, like, Kingdom Hearts, and it's, like, a hack and slash, and it's just annoying because, like, you spend 30 minutes, like, you know, doing stupid dodges and, like, smashing your PS2 controller to, like, try and take on, like, um, f- fucking Mickey Mouse or whatever. But, like, you know, in Shadow Mickey Mouse, I don't know. But in, in Dragon <laughs> Quest, <laughs> in Dragon Quest, it's like you're fighting Satan, you know? Yeah. And um, it, it the, the difficulty communicates... And even though your hero is not heroic in the sense of the same one way as like the first game or even other games, I I kind of like just how how basic they are and how human they are. That is incredibly insightful. I did not think of it. That's like such a good word for it is a human element. Like in a way, he's like us, right? Because he doesn't like we don't have a heal spell or anything. Um, wow, I didn't even think of it in that way. 
<laughs> he is very human, isn't he? And he's like the main yeah. character. Huh. Wow. That's like a whole new way to view this game. And because like they're the other characters are kind of like they're not that that like characterized or anything, and they're just like almost support characters. Right. Like you're just in this world, and they're there to help you. It's like, uh, and I love that you also brought up you're fighting like the devil, because Dragon Quest has always had that kind of religious undertone to it i don't think anyone ever talks about it but it's definitely that's there. that's a huge theme in this one um just looking at the monsters half of the monsters had this garb on with this kind of like um sickly happy face bat on them i don't know if you remember like the sorcerers or the enchanters or mm -hmm. the mace masters or even the main uh the priest boss hargon you know before he summons um malroth he's got like the garb with the bat and then um there's commonality in the monsters where they all have this kind of like this demon pose yeah yeah you know it's for, it, the mage the the mage master ma, the mage mace master mace yeah, master also, they yeah. i know they they're supposed to look like they're like they have like a demonic um robe mm -hmm. on or something but to me they always looked like jer sports jerseys <laughs> um but the, okay yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. definitely just like limitations but i think they like in the mo most modern ones they just copy it even though there were clearly limitations before so now they look even more like they're just sports jerseys hmm. like in the most in like 11 and stuff it always makes me laugh i, I can see them as like the, the guys what do they call them matadors oh we, <laughs> you see them that? we get the balls you know? <laughs> <laughs> um you, you said something also that interested me um well it was going to be the next segue is uh multiple monsters on screen too and that led to the balancing issues uh yuji hori would talk about um they had to delay the game because they realized that balancing it was was too difficult he wrote some code uh where it picks enemies and, and helps them helps you fight like enemies that are supposed to be your level or supposed to be like for for where you're where you're at in the game, but he didn't take into account that it also allows for multiple enemies, and when you put multiple enemies into that, it like multiplies the difficulty. And so early on in the game, especially when you're by yourself, apparently, you could go up to against five different monsters at once and just get absolutely destroyed. Mm. That's something I would never even have thought of until obviously until you start test playing it. Um, yeah, supposedly every test player was coming back with a different complaint. <laughs> <laughs> that's so that, that's interesting. So here's some of the complaints of the test testers were saying, "quote I can't make any money. Lower the prices, please." End quote. "quote Battles take too long. Can't you make them quicker?" End quote. "quote Can we adjust the speed at which you level up the transition from level four to level five is especially rough?" End quote. "quote No, I think the leveling is fine as it is now, but I'm still dying too much." Which those seem to be like pretty regular complaints. Mm. Um, I wouldn't. I would think that's pretty like pretty standard fare, and you just kind of tweak things a little bit. Yeah. Um, but could you imagine this game being harder? <laughs> well, supposedly that NES version is is just brutal. But uh, my thing was like when I read this article, it's I got the sense that they were learning coding as they were going. Um, is this the same team as did the first game? Like, how different is it? Um, it says that he had, they had like a, 
a group of learning people, like of schoolers or something. And uh, and they were trying to to code. So in a way, yes, they were learning to code as they were going along. Um, and then and then Nakamura Nakamura would redo a bunch of their pieces of it because he was like the master coder. And uh, wow! So like mo- they finished. They got a bunch of it. interns to make Dragon Quest too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Definitely um, odd. An odd way to make like the sequel to a big game. It's coming out. Um, yeah. yeah, this game was, was, man, I played the Super Nintendo version. You played the, the phone port. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. And have you played this before? Mm-hmm. I played it on the Game what? Boy Color before. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Supposedly the Game Boy Color one was like reduced in terms of like the difficulty to, um, to make it more accessible. But that, that first version, and we can get to this later when we talk about the final boss, but like it just had had a lot of like difficult parts. How did you feel about like just how how well everything was balanced throughout your your gameplay? You know, mine was all right. My mine, I mean, Dragon Quest Two is one of the harder Dragon Quests. I feel like um, just because of some of the limitations of the characters, like not having any spells <laughs> on the on the main character, the other guys being relatively weak. Um, so there were there were humps of difficulty. But I'm kind of I kind of like that with Dragon Quest in, in that you have to farm and learn your characters better and and learn which spells you like and it's not like it's the most complex thing but I I like that about Dragon Quest is you got to spend a little time with it so I never felt like it was overpowering um, the 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 encounter rate wasn't absurdly high on the Android version how about you. Um, there were, I think, you know, most of the game played okay. Um, but there were definitely parts where there was compounded difficulty in terms of like the monsters you were fighting in terms of encounter rate, you know, that's a big issue for me, um, where they were doing so many things and you only had so much restoration ability, you know, you can only heal your, your character so many times because you're already using magic on uh kane and maria i don't know what they were called in your version um but you know the prince and the princess uh to attack monsters because their main attack power just sucks and um in combination with things like caves where they have loop endings and you had to like you know follow the right path and kind of figure it out if i had to play this game without a guide i'd be miserable oh yeah oh we'll get to that but this would be I, it feels like a cop out to tell people some of this sometimes, but the older RPGs sometimes just play with a guide. You're yeah. gonna save yourself like ten hours, <laughs> maybe more. Besides, like the sheer like, you know, uh, overwhelming sensation of being in the overworld and encountering monsters every five to ten steps, and also while you're sailing, goddamn those sea slugs. <laughs> This game has some of the most obtuse progression systems or like, you know, kind of like um, item-based plot progression points. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like you yeah, need to, like, yeah. to get five crests in order to summon the deity, but like, you know, the crests are not really outlined in the game. Nor do they so, show up in your inventory. <laughs> right. <laughs> so it's just little icons that you wouldn't even think to like look at on the main menu. Um 
Oh, are they on the main menu? Yeah, they were. They, so I, I could see I only had three, but at least it was there. Oh, I didn't um, even know that. That's kind of that's interesting. Yeah, I don't know if that's in the earlier versions, but um, yeah, you you will be saving yourself a lot of trouble to to use a guide playing Dragon Quest Two. Yeah. Um, last little bit of the making of, we didn't really talk about it in the in the last video, but the Dragon Quest cover looks so much different in America. I wonder if that has anything to do with the failure of it. Um, do you remember when Dragon Ball took off in America? Oh, it was hot. People love Dragon Dragon Ball. But do you remember when? Um, so the original came out in the eighties. This is pre me. Um, but I know that Dragon Ball Z was really popular in the nineties. This looks like your typical NES box that could be confused with some licensed garbage like I don't know, um Rostan. You know what Rostan is? No, no. It looks identical. It's like Conan. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Just like your your fantasy flair. Golden Axe, I guess. <laughs> yeah. It has like this kind of like, you know, barbarian look at things. So I don't know like what the market is for barbarian games <laughs> in America in the eighties. <laughs> But yeah, that could be uh or actually it's 90 because this game came out in 1990 in America. Yeah, so it's like it's like why not? You have a Toriyama artwork. They didn't think to just put a Toriyama's artwork in America? Like Dragon Ball did so well. Could you imagine if this game came out and it had like that Dragon Ball artwork? People would have gone crazy for it. I'm sure. Yeah. Anime was hot during the 80s too. People liked it. That seems like such a missed opportunity. I wonder why they decided to... Maybe they thought because people were into like... Well, the American games they thought they were trying to emulate was like Ultima and stuff. And those didn't obviously didn't have a Kira Toriyama. So maybe they thought to just try to mimic a D&D style artwork. From a sales perspective, I think I think like the Kira Toriyama thing would work better. But as a collector, I kind of am interested in like owning the original Dragon Warriors boxed and complete. I don't know. They look cool. It's not like just owning it for the sake of owning it, but it, it is. There is something kind of artistic about it. Yeah, I agree. Like the way that Cyclops is portrayed, or the prince, or the princess. Those are very interesting. Like I, I'm not, I'm not yeah, necessarily like, against it. Yeah, I don't. I don't think they're bad. It's just that I think they could have done better if they went with the curatorial artwork. Hmm. Yeah, I agree. All right, it's 1987, and Dragon Quest II is released. Sales okay. numbers, we've got uh, 2.55 million. And if it's 1987, it's 2.4 million. That was Japan. Um, so definitely an increase. If, if you just look at the, the pure Japan sales numbers, it went from 1.5 million for one to 2.4 million for two. The U.S., uh, did 150,000. <laughs> but wait, see, that's in what year? That would have been later in the... 1990. Or sorry, yeah, 19, 2000, my God. 1991 <laughs> or two, whenever it came out over here, yeah. Um, so see, I don't know if I, I trust those numbers because it... Like, I trust the 2.5 million in Japan. But, I don't, like, where are you looking on... VG sales, that's the best I got. I don't know. 
I, I trust them for these older ones. For newer ones, it's harder because of the de- the digital download stuff. But I, I trust them enough. Someone can correct that, but that sounds right. 2.4 million. Okay, I'm, I mean, like, I, I get it. I'm not surprised, especially we were just looking at that box art. And <laughs> I don't know. When was the giveaway? The Nintendo Power giveaway? Yeah. Uh, let me take a look at that. Oh, wow. I, I type Nintendo Power Give, and then it goes, Dragon Warrior Nintendo Power Giveaway? That's, yeah. <laughs> that's like the big thing. That's, that's so the big thing. <laughs> it's the only thing they ever gave away. Uh, where is it? it I, I'm trying to find the exact date. Pretty sure it's. I'm pulling up a Twitter thing. Come on, just give me the picture. Looks like it's looks like it's games in Japan. Looks like it's 1990. Okay, so that's the same year this thing is released. So I think by that point they're realizing like what a flop it was. And they're just sitting on like a mass of Dragon Warrior carts, and so they're giving them away. Yeah, and it probably got a few people to buy Dragon Quest too, but I don't know. Let's just say that it's not good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I think they would have seen, you know, because it's it's still a year difference, eighty nine, ninety. They would have seen how much of a flop the first one was. And so, like, I don't know that they really put that much effort into setting it over here. I don't know if you know, like, the prices very well, but if you try and get a copy of Dragon Warrior on the NES, much cheaper than uh, getting two or three. Really? Oh, because of that influx? Because of that influx? Um, Yeah. It could Mm. be because of, like, the production amount. Gotcha. That would make a lot of sense. That would make a ton of sense. While you're pulling that up, let's talk about the reception of Dragon Quest II in America. I want to look for specifically the Famicom version. Famitsu has became a thing. So much over the year, I guess, from 1986 to 1987, it became a thing. Uh, Famicom gave it 38 out of 40. Which, or or Famitsu did, um, which is pretty crazy. GamePro, so this would be later, gave it an 18 out of 25. GameSpot gave it 9.6 out of 10. IGN, 8 out of 10. Nintendo Power, 8 out of 10. So, review-wise, this did a lot better. Oh, yeah. It's weird. Oh, that, yeah. Isn't it funny that people look at it in like a, like as the black sheep? But if we're ter- looking at it in terms of the times, it was considered much a much better game. Which, in a way, it is a much better game than Dragon Quest yeah. 1. Yeah, I don't understand the black sheep persona for this game that that people on the internet seem to have attributed to it. I think it's just that by default because there's just like if you even if you look at the sales numbers from before, there was such a higher exposure to the first game. And the second game is not the one that's like so stand out for people. It really just fixed a lot of the issues that the first game had. And so you look at the Famitsu scores, you know, it was 30 for Dragon Warrior 35 is 38 for you know Dragon Warrior 2. Yeah. 
Interesting stuff. Um, let's see what some people had to say about it. Um, the game is generally known for fixing problems found in the first game, including improvements such as allowing party, parties of three characters, having a larger world, better graphics, and the ability to carry more items. Um, considered a classic for the RPG genre, the game is regarded as praiseworthy. Japanese reviews highlighted the Famicom version's difficulty. No kidding. Stemming from issues such as the many traps in the Cave of Roan and the final boss's ability to cast a Heal All spell. And uh, this has led some critics calling the game the most difficult Dragon Quest. Um, here's an interesting aside. Koichi Nakamura said, In result, Dragon Quest II received favorable from everybody. But as me, and this is, must be a translation because it's really broken. But as me, creator's side, I feel that I did about only half what I wanted to do. Mm. And I think we're going to see that in Dragon Quest 3. <laughs> Dragon Quest 3 is like the whole enchilada. Oh, yeah. Um, <clears throat> this is a interesting kind of... Uh, Look at the game because, like, I, I don't know if I want to introduce this segment now or just wait later. But, you know, Dragon Quest Three is is almost like them rewriting the history. Because it's the chance to look back and do the prequel. And they applied, like, the narrative elements, yet uh, they fixed a lot of these, like, th these kinks that they were still working through. Yeah. Yeah. They do. Um, that's an, that's an interesting way to put that. Also, it's almost like a Hideo Kojima kind of thing, which which you're not big on Metal Gear Solid, but like, I just have to play it. <laughs> like, but their thing <laughs> is like, uh, his deal is the, like a very meta view of things, and like uh, that that would be a very him kind of thing to make a game that's literally fixing the problems of the first game <laughs> mm. and like but it's like in the game of them doing it it's that's a that's an interesting take on it i can't wait to review that game with you and we can talk about that <laughs> well here's the thing how many times did we read when we were reading for dragon quest one about disappointment in the game i don't remember any no it was it's it's considered it was like, a classic to make a game that had like a rich story where players could really associate with the princess. And I really feel like we delivered, you know, like they were excited about Dragon Quest one. It was like never done before. But then when they were doing Dragon Quest two, they had like all that nasty Nintendo power feedback or whatever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, you know, this game sucked. It was tedious. I hated playing as one character. And so like, you know, like they, and I understand they were writing the formula. Like that's those were your words from before. Um, but it's almost like a a fix it approach, and it works to some extent, and it doesn't in others. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be a very very interesting discussion. Um, Dragon Quest Two is clearly the middle ground of that. Um. Maybe Dragon Quest 2 is that. Maybe it's them just like addressing Dragon Quest 1. It's the Wii U of the, <laughs> yeah. of the Dragon Quest series. <laughs> yeah. It's so just like, okay, Dragon Quest 1 was cool. Like, put us on the map. Let's fix these things. 
And then they fixed some of them, and <laughs> we're left with Dragon Quest too. <laughs> All right, you ready to talk about the game? Sure. <laughs> Might as well at some point. All right. Um, the plot. Pretty brief. Uh, Dragon Quest 2, I'm getting this off of the wiki. Dragon Quest 2 is set 100 years after Dragon Quest. A century of peace is suddenly ended when the evil wizard Hargon destroys the country of Moonbrook. One lone guard, an injured survivor of the attack, makes his way towards the kingdom of Laurasia. There, with his dying breath, he informs the king of the dire, cons- dire circumstances. The king then commands his son, the prince of Laurasia, and a descendant of Erdrich, also known as Lodo in some versions, to defeat Hargon. The prince is not alone in, on his quest. He has two cousins, the prince of Canock and the princess of Moonbrook. However, he must find them first. <laughs> I love that that's like, the, that's like <laughs> part of the gameplay. <laughs> the prince of Canock already left on a similar journey, and the princess of Moonbrook was in the castle of Moonbrook when it was attacked. It is up to the prince of Laurasia to find them, join together, and defeat Hargon. Okay, uh, did you have a cutscene in the beginning of this game when you played it? I did. Did you have like cool animations of like the the actual you know Hargon and all the the demons destroying the the Moonbrook Castle? You know, I don't remember. I don't think so. Mine did. I had the Super Nintendo version. This is something apparently they worked into the North American release for 1990. This was one of their aspirations they didn't get in the Famicom version. So in the Famicom version, it actually just starts with um, with the, the the messenger coming to to Middenhall, which is the other name for uh, Lorazia, yeah, and telling the king, "Hey, you know the Hargon attacked. Send your son." And you know, I was taken aback because i you know in dragon quest one there's nothing like that there's not like cut scenes per se it's just straight gameplay yeah and it's not something that like happens throughout the course of the game but it was i was like this is a different game oh that yeah. i'm playing yeah uh I, and i i think i remember that when i played the game boy color version because they mm-hmm. those yeah those those are like the good versions. <laughs> Just for anybody listening. Well, the Super ones. Nintendo one is really good too. Aren't they uh, like, but you have to get a translated version. Aren't they pretty similar? Um, well, the the Game Boy Color one has sprites versus the Super Nintendo is it, it's kind of like, you know, like the Super Mario All-Stars kind of graphic style. Yeah. Like what that does to the Super Mario Bros games on NES. It's kind of the same deal what oh. the uh the SNES port does. That's freaking cool. Yeah. I think there's also a Wii collection in Japan, but I'm not really, you know, I, I don't know about importing Wii games. Gotcha, gotcha. That's awesome. I didn't even, I didn't even think about that. That's cool. So you got to get a, a translated version? Yeah. Okay. That's not too hard. I'm however, sure. however, you'll find it. <laughs> I'm sure someone <laughs> who wanted to find it could, could find that. Yeah. Um, uh, Okay, we have our characters. Uh, the Prince of Laurasia, or Middenhall. In the right. U.S. version, it's, it's Middenhall. Uh, the Prince of Laurasia is the classic warrior of the three heroes. He can use any armor and weapon in the game. He has no magical ability. Uh, this is the only game in the series, which this is true for the main hero. But his physical attack and defense are the greatest of the three. This is the character the player starts out with. And his name is directly selected by the player. 
You could put eight characters in as opposed to four. That's nice. <laughs> like a true beast. And I don't feel bad about naming him the wrong name. What do you think about his look? He's got like a blue... Well, it depends on what version you're looking at. But in general, he's got like a blue helmet on. And a, almost like a Mega Man look. <laughs> <laughs> this is the weirdest main hero of all, I think. Yeah, because he looks like like a priest or something in some sense. I don't know. There's there's a word for it. Like in the Warcraft series, you pick this kind of character. Like a cleric? A cleric or... Um, paladin or something? Yeah, paladin. That's what I was going for. He looks like a paladin, which, I mean, you were mentioning the religious theme earlier. So, I mean, I think that kind of makes sense. But he doesn't have any magic. <laughs> yeah, it's so, kind of... <laughs> The conundrum there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, why not make him the the Prince of Canock? Mm. Like, that guy was clearly supposed to be like a cleric, priest character. Yeah, this little priest's son is supposed to be like this, the descendant of Erdrick, the legendary hero who slayed the, the dragon lord. You know? Yeah. It's just like a little kind of like wuss. <laughs> well, and usually, usually your main character has the crazy hair. Traditionally, mm. this guy's got you can't see his hair. It's covered up in like a blue helmet. Could you see the hair in Dragon Quest One? I thought he had the helmet. He he did, but you could. I swear you could see some of the hair. Let me see that. Oh, I think he did have the the dragon helmet. In in the Japanese uh, depiction of this one, he's like got like a little airplane pilot <laughs> head garb on. You're right. No, you're totally right. In the first one. But see, that guy still looks like a boss. Mm -hmm. Like he's got a freaking helmet with dragon horns pointing out on the sides. Yeah. So yeah, you can't see his hair. You're right. But um, his but his head is still ornamented in like a way that's kind of cool. I think I guess from three on, you could usually see their hair. Mm. Huh. But yeah, this guy, I I don't really like the look of the main hero in this one. He looks like a, a goofball. I don't know. You really don't see him that much. Like, you don't see your party attack in the Dragon Quest games. You just see their attacks because they're, like, behind the screen. It's like you play as them, which is interesting. I don't think we really talked about that. Like, um, playing as the party, how everything happens behind the screen. Yeah. People hate that <laughs> now, <laughs> now, nowadays. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was talking to Multimaster about that because it was, like, as we're, I was streaming Dragon Quest Eleven, and there's that there's the parts where you go in the classic mode, and mm -hmm. he's like, you know, talking like Multimaster does. He's he's like, dude, I hate this. Like, why, why, why can't you see yourself attack? How it's do you like, feel that? Uh, well, I mean, we we've played Dragon Quest so long, like it's I don't even think about it. But it's like, yeah, I do get because Final Fantasy has them where it's like side by side, you're on the right, the enemies are on the left. See, and, I hate yeah. that. I think that looks stupid. <laughs> Horizontal turn-based gameplay? What? No way. It's like Pokemon, but you just put the Pokemon behind the screen. You know what? Half the time, the Pokemon looks stupid anyway. <laughs> Especially in red, when they're like, they're like these weird like amalgamations of pixels. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That's a tough question. What is the better view? It's not even the battle system, because the battle system is completely different anyway. But what's mm -hmm. the better view? That's hard to say. 
I guess I'm so used to Dragon Quest that I like the Dragon Quest one. Me too. But I think America voted, and they like they like the Final <laughs> Fantasy one. Well, they didn't. They, they had their vote picked for them. <laughs> In a way, that's that's an interesting thing because you're right. Like they had their vote picked for them because I bet you we don't know this yet, and maybe someday we'll cover Final Fantasy. Hopefully, that'd be great. But. Final Fantasy maybe was marketed better or something, and that became the standard for what an RPG in America would be. And so if maybe if Dragon Quest was marketed better, everyone would say this is the way to do it. <laughs> I don't I don't know. Was Final Fantasy marketed better before seven? Because they had the awful numbering system. Yeah. I I mean RPGs just never really took off until late Super Nintendo and then definitely Final Fantasy Seven. Mm. So it's hard to say, but but the I do hear people just bitching about Dragon Quest view <laughs> all the time, and very few people continue to use it. Like Earthbound used it. Mm. It was definitely like an old school. Like like you would see that in what I can't remember what you call like dungeon crawlers, where it's like a first person perspective yeah. and you walk through. That's yeah, kind of um, a DRPG, but uh, I I do see that in like Shin Megami Tensei as well. Oh, good call. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it's there. Mm-hmm. A lot of my favorite games employ that system. So yeah, I never even considered that. I've just I'm brainwashed by Dragon Quest. I don't even think of like the actual battle view very often. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess my the reason I brought it up was like at no point in this game or in the first game do you actually get to see more than the sprite character. Right. That's it. So I don't really I don't overthink like what he looks like in this game. It's not that important to me. Um, except for like what's on the cover. Mm-hmm. And I guess I'll take the North American one. <laughs> uh, well, it's like like when you see them all side by side. Like in future artwork or something where they're like, here's all the heroes of Dragon Quest. And you're kind of looking at them one by one. And you're like, whoa, what's, what's that? <laughs> I made a joke about this. Take a look at the Japanese artwork for the, the Famicom version again for Dragon Quest 2. And tell me if you see anything funny. Famicom. Let's take a look here. Okay. We know when you got it up. For the Famicom version. Oh, oh, where he's like poking him in the butt. Yeah, exactly. I was watching that last night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, something about that looks odd. And it does look like Hargon's just laughing at him getting his butt poked in. <laughs> he's like on a skewer or something. Who's <laughs> <laughs> <Here's> your hero? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's goofy. Um, next up, we have the Prince of Kanok. Who's supposed to be... It says, okay, the Prince of Kanak is a blend of the classic warrior and priest archetypes. He cannot use as wide variety of weapons and armor as the prince, but compensates with the ability to use magic. However, it should be noted that his magic is not as powerful as that wielded by the princess of Moonbrook, though he's better at healing magic. The character is hard to track down. Oh my gosh. Can we talk about that? Yeah. Okay, so you're supposed to go in the cave with the spring and, and talk to the old man. The old man says he went to another town. You go to that town. The town is wrong because of a programming error. <laughs> error. And, and so you're actually supposed to go to Leftwind. 
and then you go back to the same damn spring. What is up with this guy? Why is, <laughs> why is he such a, a pain? He's like really avoiding you. <laughs> yeah, he's annoying to get. Uh, also, he is more, he is like exactly like the, the Dragon Quest hero, isn't he? Now that I think about it. The old one? Yeah. You mean? Yeah, the original. Hmm. Like he is you know, that guy because of his skills and he's kind of being a well-rounded character. Yeah, that's a good point. Your character's some brute. Yeah, didn't get any of the hero genes; just got like strength. <laughs> yeah, and he even looks more like a hero. He's got like the crazy hair. Although I don't know what this game's obsession with goggles is, but all the main hero the boys have goggles. Hmm. Hmm. Well, they did introduce sailing. So if you get knocked into the water, at least you have some Some goggles. Goggles, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Princess of Moonbrook. Uh, The Princess of Moonbrook is a classic warrior or wizard of the three heroes. She can use few types of armor and weapons in the game. She shares some of the princes of Canox magic, but in addition has several powerful damage spells. This character has been cursed and needs to be freed before she will be able to join her cousins. Okay, this is where it started getting a little obtuse for me. Yeah, a little bit. She got transformed into a dog. You go to the castle of Moonbrook. And, you know, it's it's funny because, like, I was reading the guy and they're like, pay special attention to the dog when you go to the town, whatever whatever it's called. And... um. I was like, okay. So <laughs> then I, I go to Moonbrook and everything's on fire. People are turned into like flame spirits. And you talk to one of them and says, go, go hold the thing up to the dog. And I'm like, okay. And, and so I did, like I, I went to the dog, but like you have to angle it in a very specific way. Like you need to be like, cause when you, when you face the character, you tap a and like it touches the dog and it says, woof, you know, and that's it. So you can't like get to the inventory that way. Um, and, but you have to use like some special item, like the tier of moon brokers. I don't remember what it was. And so like, this is the start of a really obscure item based progression system. Mm-hmm. Did you have any kind of like issues here when it came to that? I don't think so. Cause I think the version I played had a menu option outside mm-hmm. of like the a button. So I don't remember this being that that big of a problem, but uh, with only two buttons, or sorry, you were playing the Super Nintendo version, right? It didn't mm-hmm. have a menu. No, it does. But when you you to get to the menu, you got to press the A button. Start is something different. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't have that issue. How did you end up doing it? I don't remember. <laughs> I, I haven't seen. But uh, I just remember kind of like, because I, I didn't want to have to use the guide for this game. I was able to get through most of Dragon Quest 1 without the guide. This is the start where I was like, I, I don't really know what I'm doing. So, like, I'm just going to follow the guide explicitly. Yeah. Um, it's it's kind of interesting. In Dragon Quest 11, there's, a, there's like a... They have those things where you can go into the past games and do little things. And it has the, it has this, and uh, it has the that town that she was in, but she's the only person there. And they're all dogs, and then you save everybody in there, but then she turns into a dog, and that's that's where the hero would then later show up and turn her back into a human. It's kind of weird. What? Yeah, you're 
in 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 Dragon Quest Eleven, you go into the into like all the old other games oh, and do I little see. things, and it's it's like it's weird because it, it's like um, you do things before the hero in that game would get there. Okay, it's kind of interesting. Cool. It doesn't really mean anything, but it's just just like oh, I remember <laughs> that. That was annoying. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then the last character we have is Hargon. Hargon is the evil wizard that attacked Moonbrook, cursed its princess. And threatened to destroy the world. The goal of the game is to guide the descendants of Erdrick to defeat Hargon. Only after Hargon's defeat can peace return to the world. There's actually one other cool character here. And it's going to go into kind of like a new territory, let's say. Oh. Um, actually, there's a few characters that I think are worth mentioning. Nice. Um, Hargon, I think we can come back to it. We, just, yeah. we know him as kind of like the rooting evil of the game. Yep. You know, terrorizing the land but uh when when you uh are able to sail you can sail to alifgard which was the first continent in the first game oh yeah yep and so i thought that was really cool when you go to alifgard and olive garden and um you can you know you, when you start dragon quest one it's like you can see the the evil castle right there um tantagil or was it what is it called no um charlock charlock castle Tantagil's the main castle. Charlock is the, the, the evil the, uh, dragon lord. Yeah, yeah. And so you can just bypass that entire thing, like stopping you. So when you get there, you can actually just pick which one you want to go to first. Yeah. Obviously, go to um, Tantagil to get to the inn and save and everything first. But you go through Charlock, and the dragon lord is right there. You know, or he's the same looking sprite. It's the same scene recreated, just about like with some minute differences. Yeah, and you're like, I'm, I'm about to fuck shit up yeah and i left because i was like oh i'm not ready for the battle <laughs> and then i look at my guide and my guide's telling me just go talk to the guy and he's like he's gonna give you advice i'm like that's so cool it's the grandson of the dragon lord and he's like i come in peace <laughs> and i want to give you a tip about the five crests and when you assemble them all together and so i didn't even have to do that because he doesn't give you anything except for the advice yeah. but i just wanted to go back and just go talk to him yeah that's such an interesting nod that they would include the the original map. Obviously mm -hmm. smaller, but they include the main parts and uh, let you explore that. See the history of the game. Yeah, and I think it even kind of... Uh, maybe there's kind of a climate change commentary here going on with, with half the country being flooded. <laughs> I think they were onto something. Yeah. Um, do, you said you had another character? Um, just a couple of like the castles that you go to, there's like some interesting, um, like there's a King who's like indulging himself in the bunny girls. And then he like, he, he challenges people to fight the saber tooth lion. I thought that was a cool moment. Um, and so that's a good point. A lot of that stuff is like my biggest complaints about dragon quest two. And it's, okay. it sucks because it's not entirely fair. Like we were saying, like like Dragon Quest Two is that midway point. It's trying to get things right, but from like a narrative perspective, as interesting as some of those ideas are, it isn't like fleshed out to that next level where it's telling a story. Like it's cool yeah. that it's cool that you see the Dragon Lord's grandson. Like that's freaking awesome. Yeah. And that's a good start. <laughs> that's like awesome. He's there. He's like, go find the five crests. 
oh thanks i guess which is cool like I, I like that he's there but what i really like about the future dragon quests is that these are like stories like they're, they're quests that they have a problem and you can solve them and then yeah. go to the next town or help that and this it's like cool guy he, he's got a cool thing uh fight this tiger and i'll give you a crest okay i fought him okay bye it's like there's not like a cool thing that builds up or you don't learn anything or you don't get anything necessarily out of it except for the quest item. Um, and that, again, limitations, inexperience, it's just they're, they're, they're working towards like building a bigger narrative with, the, with characters and everything, but they're not quite there yet is how I feel. Dragon Quest Two, written by the interns. <laughs> yeah yeah the I, um, great storytellers i was reminded of dragon quest 7 you know when you go to the islands and you, there's like a, a unique story at every island except like you're saying it's very limited it's it's very basic and I, I i can't think of like too many areas offhand in this game where i was like particularly wowed in terms of storytelling and you could tell that was like potential appeal here yeah you know, like I, when you get the sailboat, right? Like there's like a very brief moment where you like fight a guy and you save the guy's daughter. And he's like, I'll give you my boat. And that's it. <laughs> yeah. And like, it, I'm not like, I'm not like buying into the narrative of it per se. Um, but you can tell, I, I don't know if that, like, I think they were trying to do so many things. They're trying to do the party system. They're trying to multiple continents. They're trying to do... Like that that aspect of storytelling where it's like it makes you buy into it, but it's still very limited. You remember in Dragon Quest One, it's like the main narrative is is you know destroy the Dragon Lord, but then you can also save the princess if you want to. Yeah, it's it kind of reminds me of that. Like it's just like like what <laughs> like you know even from the start of the game, the the king you know gets the message. That Hargon is destroying the country. Okay, son, go save the world. <laughs> yeah, it's like um, it's like choices without consequence. It's like they give you the choice, but there's not really like a reason to or not to. Like it's mm -hmm. it's it's odd. And and I again, I want to say lazy, but it's it's a different time. Like they didn't have the things we had. And like like you were saying with the boat thing, where where you save her his daughter and then you get the boat. Her daughter is in the like left corner of town. <laughs> <laughs> like just like a tiny bit more effort is put a cave on the map and say my daughter was taken somewhere. I don't know where, but she's gone. There's a cave. Go to the cave, save the daughter, bring her back. Okay. Like that's kind of more like a story thing going on. It's so <laughs> simplified that she's literally like ten ten paces away. <laughs> Just put a building over her and lock her <laughs> in the cage, and make use one of the three keys that you use in the game. <laughs> it's you know, it's like you look at it and they're trying their best, but come on, man. <laughs> it's it's laughable. I I mean, it's it's dumb, and I. <laughs> I kind of like it for that, um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it, there's there's room for them to grow here. You can Absolutely. see that. Uh, let's talk about some of the firsts of this game. Okay, uh, Dragon Quest Two is the first to have a, a lottery game. 
Yeah, gamble. They would Gambling. all have that going forward. Unfortunately, this is the weakest of <laughs> all of them. And you get so many of those damn lottery tickets. Oh, I don't yeah. even like playing the lotto. Do you play the lotto? Nope. Yeah, okay, I sold good. them all. Yeah. It w Apparently, the prize wasn't even worth it. To be honest, it just wasn't worth my time. No. Do you do you tend to play uh, the lottery stuff in or the, the the gambling stuff whatever in in Dragon Quest? I'll spend a good half hour or hour playing the poker, and Dragon Quest Three has an interesting one too. So I do dabble in them, but I've never like enjoyed it as a complete sub game. You know? Yeah, I'm not into it. Uh... Eight and eleven, I dabbled in it more than I normally would, but um, I'm just not in. Like, I don't really play poker in real life. I don't play any. I don't do any of that stuff in real life. So it's hard for me to get into it as and just see these as little mini games, which are no, you know, seems like. And I guess Dragon Quest is famous for not really having a lot of urgency in it, which is kind of what I like about it, but. Mm. Man, playing a playing a slot machine or playing playing the lottery is like the antithesis of what I want out of Dragon Quest. That seems like what yeah. a waste. How ironic because the world is literally on fucking fire. <laughs> There's no urgency. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's one of the things I like about Dragon Quest is that especially like when you play games post like 2000 like RPGs took this weird dark turn. I almost blame Final Fantasy VII for it. But, mm -hmm. like, the games had to become, like, really dark and depressing. Yeah. And especially when the American RPGs took over, uh, like, Western-style RPGs. And it's, like, your big games are... And I, I hate to put The Witcher 3 in there, but The Witcher 3 is one of them. And, like, Fallout and Elder Scrolls. And, like, you visit these towns, and they look miserable. Yeah. Like, I don't even, I, I always tell my friends this, like, in my opinion, you should create a world that you want to save. Like, wh why would, like, in The Witcher 3, why would you really want to, and granted, it's more of a personal quest on that one, not necessarily save the world. But, like, why would you want to save that world? <laughs> like, everyone's like a prostitute or getting beaten up. Uh, everyone's dirt poor. I'm just ruled by some mean guy. Ugh. I, like I mean, I don't want to go too tangential for Witcher 3, um, <laughs> but I would say in defense of it, it's it's telling, like, it's not telling the story of Geralt saving the world. It's, yeah. it's more about, like, him and, um, what's your face? Siri. And that's yeah. why that's what that one kind of well, gets. Siri, Siri too, but also his his love interest. That's I true. can't remember her name. Uh, what? Yeah. Yennefer? Yennefer? Yennefer, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's so why that one kind of gets a pass because it's like that's not really the point. It's more of like his own personal struggle. But <clears throat> a lot of those worlds, like it's, it's like like in Final Fantasy VII, it's so depressing. Like I yeah. almost just want to go to sleep <laughs> and I play some of those games. Like, where Dragon Quest is so bright and like you're like, oh my god, these people are, are so happy and they don't know the peril that's like awaiting them outside. I want to protect the them. town themes are so <laughs> pleasant. It's like very Pokemon-esque. Yeah. 
Like, I want to save those people. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to save, like, a village full of prostitutes and, like, drug dealers and <laughs> everyone's, like, crawling on the ground trying to collect pennies. Even the prisoners are happy in this game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, man. Do you want some info? Let me out. <laughs> Whoa, thanks for saving me. Here's some advice. <laughs> Look how I helped that guy. Gee, he was a pretty swell guy, that prisoner. <laughs> that was not too bad. Um, Dragon Quest 2 is also the first Dragon Quest game to use multiple key types and persistent keys. They pretty much do you this know what going forward. Messed with was warps and uh, little warp pads. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I'm I'm used to this because the first Dragon Quest I played was Dragon Warrior Monsters, and and you had to use the warps consistently to progress through like you know the little battlegrounds that you'd enter or to enter into them, and so it was kind of nostalgic in a sense to see those brought back. Um, as far as how that worked, as far as progression in the version I was playing. You could end up on a fucking island, and there's no way to call the boat. So you just have to go back through the warp and just go back to where you were. Uh, that's not great design. <laughs> How did the boat work for you? I feel like it followed me. Okay, that's I good. See, like, like in it. Dragon Quest 4 and 5, I remember the boat following you. Maybe it didn't. Maybe it didn't, though. I don't remember. Well, because I think, I think I had the zoom spell. And you had zoom. I didn't have zoom. I don't know Wait, if it was. Did like, I? I think it... God, my brain is like not remembering. I thought I swear I swore that I did. I did. We had a spell called return, and return just brought you back to the last place that you saved in, or something. Hmm. I did have a zoom spell. Yeah. It's very uh, 2020. <laughs> because I remember towards the end of the game, I would go through some of the combat stuff and everybody would die except for my main hero. And that's why I had to like trek my way back to a town. Because mm. it was like horrible. <clears throat> uh, okay. Uh, Dragon Quest II was the first. It came to multiple save points in the form of kings, priests, and old men. They continue to do that all the way to today. Dragon Quest II was the first to have status ailments and churches for removing them. I guess Dragon Quest... I didn't even think about it, but Dragon Quest doesn't have any status ailments. The first one. Well, no, the wyverns in the first one would put you to sleep. Hmm. So I don't know that that's necessarily true. You did get poisoned, and surround would... Make it like hard to hit enemy units. But Dragon Quest One had sleep. Dragon Quest One had sleep. Okay. Hmm. Dragon Quest Two is the first game in the series to feature pits and tower balconies from which the party can fall. Okay, my thing about those, <laughs> I and I did kind of like them. Um, I think they replaced the caves from the first game. With just towers? Like the, more or less. Like those kind of like intimidating cave sequences where it's like, you know, you'd have to flash the light and you'd have to descend a couple areas. That was like the main like like overworld challenges. I think the overworld challenges in this one were the towers. 
Yeah, I can't even remember. There was the, the cave, cave at the in, end of the game. The cave of Roan. And then there was like a mini cave early on and like the one with the Prince of Canic. But, you know, you don't even have to use a spell to illuminate them or, or hold a torch, they which, by the that. way, is a godsend because your inventory has <laughs> opened up so much more. Um, yeah. But the towers were like, there are some very memorable towers in this game. Oh, yeah. Especially the one just south of... Um, of Alephgard. Mm-hmm. The one just south of that was freaking awesome, and uh, took me a while to get to get through. Uh, yeah, dude. There's that one. Um, dude. Uh, there's <laughs> there's the one where it's like you got to go up seven flights, and then you got to go down and follow this old man to a yep. treasure chest. That's the one. That's that's iconic. <clears throat> See that's good. Um, it, that's good storytelling, man. Yeah, yeah, that was really clever. Um, there's the tower at the end of the game, which we could get to later. Um, I didn't like, you know, there's one where you got to put on the water cloth, and then like you got to jump off the edge of the building to get to the other tower. Um, I, again, I just didn't like that progression system. Mm. Yeah, I, I like the concept of it, but. Because it's so old, like they don't have that thing where it's like stand here to do it or use it use it like this. So you're kind of like sometimes you just fall off because you're just trying to use it right and it, you just like have to start over. If I was a kid back in the day, I would have hated that. I never would have figured that out. No, 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 not at all. Not a chance. And who else is playing this that knows? You know, I'd have to write make a pen pal in Japan and then learn Japanese just to <laughs> communicate with them. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. I like the idea of it, and clearly it gets better later. But um, the execution here is lacking. Mm. Uh, the MSX version of the game contains a, a special scene involving the dangerous swimsuit. This isn't the first. This is just some interesting trivia. <laughs> Did you know this was removed by the time the game made it outside of Japan? Well, us, us, dirty-minded Americans can't handle it. No, it's too too dangerous. Too dangerous. Um, my next... would destroy a lot of marriages. <laughs> it's so dangerous. Um, <clears throat> the next bit was going to be Olive Garden. We kind of talked about it a little bit. It's good to Olive see Garden. it. Garden. Yeah. Olive Garden. Um, you get your breadsticks. But he does send you on your quest for the five crests. Tell Who's me about the, the quest for the five crests. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. I'm going button mappers now. <laughs> uh okay again um okay some of these are more self-explanatory than others some of them like there are chests like in the areas where it's like okay like uh, the life crest is in the cave of rune i got it there's another one where it's like in that warp panel we have to just press a on a random tree yep (laughs) isn't that the worst there's another one you, you have to like and this is based, if you have Zoom, this is great. But if you don't, like me, this was a chore. You have to go back to um, the town where you rescued the princess of Moonbrook from her dog form. Go in the basement, fight a couple gremlins, and then press A over a random piece of ground that one of them was sitting over. And you get the water crest. Yeah. So there's the, stupid. the star, the moon, the sun, the water, and the soul. And Stars, so, like, I mean, the good one. The concept is cool. It's like when you put these five crests together, they summon Rubus, 
you know, the goddess who's who can help you defeat, you know, the uh, evil Hargon, evil, evil of Hargon. Right. And, you know, that's in a really obscure part of the map, which is like one square block that is a, a little shrine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it has like five layers of like four or two by twos square segments where you just there's an up ladder and a down ladder um you know that that kind of reminds me also of, of metal gear solid which really metal gear solid should remind me of this because it's so old but metal gear solid uh three has a part where you're climbing a ladder to like a new like a new area and the ladder is like literally like at least a minute to two minutes long to climb it <laughs> and the point is to be like dramatic or whatever but this made me feel like that like it's like there's no reason for there to be this many steps. Yeah. It's just like one flight. That's it. You're just supposed to think, man, this is deep down, I guess, <laughs> which they didn't have that many ways to do it. So I guess it's not bad, but <laughs> it's kind of in 2020. It's, it's very cumbersome. It's not, not much else but that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, the star one is the lighthouse one where we talked about which we liked. Moon's, that was a good one. Moon yeah. Sigil is kind of cool. It's the it's the one we've talked about a little bit where you're fighting the saber cat because the guy just wants you to fight him. Yeah. Sun Sigil is the one where it's just it's on a tile on the outskirts of the fire shrine. You just got to click it. <laughs> um, that makes me feel like anybody could have found that and your quest would have been over. Like some kid just popped up and just took it. Which should have happened. That's what should have happened. In a good in a good game. It would have been in like a little town area and your guide or whatever, something would have told you it's like on a tree next to the shrine. Mm -hmm. And then you go there and there's nothing there. And, but there's like a, a town and then some that kid fire temple it. too. I kind of forgot about that when the fire sea cave or whatever. Oh, with the lava. That was the hard run. I, if, if I didn't have a visual guide, I had to look up a different guide just to figure out the stair progression in that game or in that, <laughs> in that area. Oh, crazy. Well, I went through that without a guide. I kind of regret it, but it also made me like super farmed. Yeah. Like, but I went through that without a guide. I was like, I'm going to do this without the guide. The the one at the the Roan one, hell no. But the the, <laughs> the 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 that one I decided to do it and I was there for like 3 hours. Maybe yeah. more. And it just is ridiculous. It was deadly because you know, you have a spell step guard, you know, on on the Prince of Canic. Which doesn't even work on the lava. Um, yeah, I can see you're, that. You're taking damage as you're stepping on the lava. Um, and there's like huge, huge like swaths of of lava patches. So you're just walking and walking, keep taking damage and damage. So by the time you really? even get to that battle with like in in the fire shrine, your magic is down to like 20. Yeah. That's a tough one. Mm-hmm. But you know what? I'm playing Dragon Quest Eleven right now. Mm -hmm. And granted, I know that it gets harder later. I'm aware of that. But like the way the amount that it babies you is kind of pathetic. Yeah. <laughs> and like I I like that Dragon Quest Two at least like was not holding back. It's like we're if gonna I give a challenge. If if I had the patience to do like if I could just zoom to that area as opposed to like take the sailboat there every single time, um, I I would do that again. Yeah, and not 
guide, you know, um, but there is, there is a level of tedium just in the simple exploration and using repel every 20, uh, parsecs in the ocean when I'm sailing. <laughs> yeah. Um, just to get there. Yeah. Um, so I think there is a happy medium. I do love, um, that kind of like dungeon exploration, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I like that they didn't pull punches. It's just, there's, there's pieces of it that didn't, don't age well. Yeah. And it becomes tedious. Yeah. Uh, Water Sigil, like you said, is located in uh, Moonahan. You got to defeat the two gremlins. <laughs> uh, here's, you must have the golden key and the jailer's key. And then the soul, the king has it, but he's in Tantagel locked in a, a room. It's kind of interesting that, that it shows, and this is very Bioware, but they chose to not have all these like earned by combat. Like you'd expect, especially for an RPG at the time, that it's like the only way to get these is to fight the the four or the five sigil gods. Yeah, and you kind of do that in a way for two of them, but they all kind of have a different story of how you get it, which is kind of neat. Can we talk about that too? Like how even the the ones that are there, where it's like the the gods or whatever, they're just regular enemies. Yeah, yeah, they're not. There's no. Big boss. There's no mini bosses like you know. In the first game, we mentioned a few. The green dragon was one when you first fight him. The golem was another. Um, th I think there were like two more. This game doesn't have any until the very end, and by then it's just too little, too late. All <laughs> yeah. I thought was was monsters. That's it. You yeah, know, just, just basic monsters. And granted, a lot of them are are challenging, and there's new like strategy elements to the combat that are not present in the first game. Mm -hmm. So at least the combat is spruced up as it is. But that excitement is just not quite there. It's almost too much of just explore and figure it out and yeah. not enough dramatic storytelling. Too much steak, not enough sizzle. <laughs> like uh, the bosses, I mean, they're hard, but they also offer that, that flavor. Like where you are, it kind of represents that you know, that piece, mm -hmm. like the golem blocking the town, I, which I love that concept in the first one, that big golem, just like, or golem, whatever you want to call it, just blocking the town. He's asleep. You got to play a thing. He wakes up. It's like biblical almost. Yeah. It's like, there's like a weird story, like fable there. You don't even fight a damn dragon in this game until like <laughs> the, the end, you know, in the cave. Yeah. Cave around. I love that cave run. <laughs> and so, like, I guess there's one with the Mace Master the first time that you fight him in Middenhall. He's holding a staff or something. Um, yeah, it's, this one was just missing some of that throughout the whole game. Yeah. No, yeah, like you said, no memorable big fights, I guess. I didn't even necessarily think of it, but I did notice it. It's just... No, no fights there's no there's never like a point where i'm like oh this is the big tough guy yeah yeah like you know i know i would fight tough guys like every time i come across a gold orc i'd be like okay i gotta take this thing out first and then especially in the end game when you're really in that grind heavy area that's when you see some of these guys and you're like oh man just my luck today i ran into another bull wong or whatever but like in in the majority of the game it's just missing 
do you let's talk about the uh the weird subplot of which <laughs> the, might be the only one in the game i wish i did not use the in there in that <laughs> i should have slept somewhere else <laughs> the prince of cannock just gets sick <laughs> yeah you start talking to people in the town they're, they're acting funny like hargon's cast a curse on his town okay um i just sailed across the ocean i'm gonna go rest in this bed and you wake up and he's still in bed yeah <laughs> what <laughs> apparently hargon has cast a curse on the prince of canic and you have to get a a leaf from the world tree which uh okay there's a dragon quest staple Yggdrasil, yeah. um in order to go revive him you do that you go revive him and it never happens again but you have to sail the sea with just the hero and underpowered maria yeah in my game she was called isolde <laughs> <laughs> exotic wow <laughs> yeah it's a and again, I'm trying to put myself... Because, okay, in 2020, this is dumb. 2020, yeah. this, this is just whatever. I'm trying to put myself into like the mindset of 1987. There aren't really guides. So you're kind of panicking. I get that. That's kind of cool. Like, oh, my big guy is... One of my, like... I'm only, only three. So a third of my party is down. Like, what do I do? What do I got to do? I mean, I guess it's there. You could travel to it and be like, oh, here's a world tree leaf. I don't know that I put it all together. Yeah. You know, it took me like an hour to figure out how to use the world map. Mm. I, you know, I, I didn't quite get the sailing. Like, I know that, like, you go north and, like, you know, it ends up on the opposite side of the map. But, like, I didn't think to really look at the thing for a while. And so, like, for me, the exploration didn't really come together full cycle until uh, maybe, like, halfway through the game until I really started dabbling with the sailing ship. Yeah. You don't need the world map before it, so I completely forgot I even had the thing. It's it's definitely... And it's weird because this is, like, the one time that the game decides to make an effort to, like tell a story or be be different and it's so again it's just so basic like there's no you don't even fight for the tree leaf it's just there like oh you just go there and get it it's like go to walgreens and get a med uh, get me medicine like okay okay i'm back thanks <laughs> like there's no desperation like you should be fighting and it's like i'm down a man so this this boss fight that should be here is going to be very challenging because I'm down a man. But no, it's just, here you go. <laughs> it's just the pieces aren't totally there yet for like a great Dragon Quest game. I didn't even understand like what was it about this town that he cursed? You know, like it's funny. The, the only visual you get of of Hargon doing anything is destroying <laughs> Moonbrook Castle. Yeah. And the rest of the country looks fine. Yeah, yeah. It's more like a minor inconvenience. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to target this one castle. and. <sighs> oh, Minhal, you're good. He just got really tired. 
Yeah. Had to wait you for to 10 re- years. Yeah, really. Maybe next time it'll be the, the town of, of Baron. <laughs> or Baran, whatever it was called. <laughs> All right. We've collect we got the crests. We got the charm of Rubus. Probably the greatest part of the game, and maybe most difficult for certain people, is the is Roan. Everything about it. Um just getting to it is a pain in the ass. Well, you know what they say about Roan. It wasn't built in a day. <laughs> <laughs> Um, tell me about your experience getting through that, like, okay, so opening the cave, using your guide to get through that cave. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Oh, man. That is such an old school cave. I, I just felt like I was in 1986, or whatever, going through that cave. Mm-hmm. Like, oh my God, are you kidding me? As a trolley cave. That is for sure. Um... First off, you're fighting some harder monsters. You got like the Horks. You got the the dragons. Which dragons in a cave. Okay, I guess that makes sense. Dragons in a cave. Um, I think you also... There's like attack bots on the later levels. So there there's some, some challenge here. As it is, just in terms of combat. Um, and you need everything from this cave. You need Erdrick's armor. You need the life crest. You need... Um, to get out you need to get out of this damn cave yeah um so there were so many components to it like you had to go all the way up get the armor come back down go to the bottom right get the life crest come back up follow the path to the endless loop cycle to get out of the cave into the new country and I followed my guide explicitly, and my guide was wrong. <laughs> my guide was wrong about the part where it starts looping. Mm. And I kind of wish I read the Smoplations interview because it said that that part was based on a, a concept about um, how to avoid traps in a cave by only staying on the right side or something. Yes. Yes. And I... I, I at the time, I didn't like it, but when I read that, I was like, oh, that's cool, you know? Um, so when it got to that loop part, my guide was wrong. I used the reset feature, and I just made sure I could I could get out of there because um, I did not want to have to do that again. Um, but the first time, I was really, like, following the guide, like, go up one, go right one, go down three, you know, and whatever. So It sucks that it was wrong. Yeah. At least it was, at least it was wrong that late in the game. Because, and at that late in the cave. Yeah, yeah. Because if it was wrong like earlier, then I'd be freaked out. I'd probably have to start over with a new guide, and that would be annoying. Mm. But I guess at that point you're like, okay, let's just get through the shit, and then the end of the game. So whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, it's funny you mentioned that's the looping part. When I think of the looping part, I think of that weird way where you have to go. There's like um, a straight line. And there's up and down. Mm-hmm. And you have to pick the right one to go up into or down into. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. I was playing. I was, go, I was going through that. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, it's like another Lost Woods. Like, they always seem to copy the Zelda thing with these. And it's like, I'm just going to get the guide. And it's like, what, which one do I go to? It's like, go right three times or something. I can't remember. Yeah. Um, 
That's to be honest, I liked the staircase mechanic in the fire cave more than I did in this cave of Rhone. Same. Yeah. That was clever. Um, and you needed kind of like a macro view or to like have it in your mind in order to kind of like figure out like, where am I going? In the cave of Rhone, it's just dumb luck. Yep. There's no rhyme or reason to... Okay, I, I haven't tried the third path on the bottom, so... I'm going to try that one this time. Yeah, it's just, it's it's like literally a time waster. That's Without it. a guide, it would have been entirely experimentation just to get out. Yeah. Again, man, sign of the times. Mm-hmm. Like, they don't have, they didn't have all the, they didn't have the knowledge, which isn't necessarily a sign of the time, but they didn't, they didn't have the technology to do, clever, like, more creative things, so they're just like, what can we do with like little pieces that we have? And it's like, let's put a weird puzzle in that <laughs> isn't using logic. It's just using chance. Like, okay, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's it. And yeah, it's, it just kind of sucks. They took that concept from dragon quest one too, because there was like this, this stupid looping staircase in the mm, final cave. Yeah. I remember that. Except that was just one segment and it was done. In this one, they made a whole cave out of it. <laughs> They're like, we... hey, that was a good idea. Let's make the cave of Rhone similar. Yeah. What if we did this but the whole thing? <laughs> You're getting a promotion. <laughs> oh, I like where your head's at. <laughs> okay, and now Rhone itself. You're now in like a completely new piece of the map, which is, which that's like a first, right, for Dragon Quest? I don't think you're ever like, you get a new overworld. Mm. Yeah, the map doesn't work when you're in Rhone. It's like you can't look at like the the country. Like you have to just kind of go off of your exploration and instincts. And it's a little challenging over here. <laughs> That's an understatement. <laughs> yeah, a good place He's, to find right. though. First time I came into one of those. Uh... Okay, the blizzards were annoying. They have a spell that auto defeats you and you're too low level. So it pretty much gets you at least one of your characters. Mm -hmm. The Balrog uses explode it and you're low level when you're exiting the cave. You know, Um, so there goes the party. Just hope you don't run into one of those. Basically, just flee everything until you get to the priest. Yeah. Just hope you don't have to fight. And you have to like loop all the way around that world. It's so annoying. Um, oh, to get to the to last area. Yeah. So yeah, you go to the priest, and then from there it's just like a consistent mad rush just to get to the end the end zone. Oh, but make sure you do have all of everything from the game, <laughs> including best upgrades, including the Eye of Malroth, which you should have, um, including the Charm of Rubis, which you might not have by this point, which I didn't. Yeah. Yeah, you need everything and uh your keys. Bring your keys. Don't forget your keys at home. <laughs> <laughs> it's this is challenging. This is very challenging. I could see how this earned the reputation of like the hardest Dragon Quest game. Yeah. It, but I don't like one hit kill things. Like that yeah. just feels cheap. Well, you know, once you're once you are grinded up and high level enough, that stops working on you. Mm, so, so you're just like, 
You think you just got there a little bit premature? Yeah. Mm. Okay. Yeah, I, I I hit a couple of those, and yeah, there were one hit kills for me, but I thought I was pretty leveled up. I guess I wasn't as leveled up as I became, <laughs> just kind of mm. traveling around a little bit. Uh, but yeah, that place will farm you up good. I mean, at least f I got at least five levels. Yeah, the XP thing is huge. Yeah, I got uh, the prince to a point where he had revive, and then the princess got revive as spells, and like that was uh, that really helpful. Um, but revive costs like 15 MP and like, you can't really use it that much. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was always afraid to use my, my leaf of the world tree because I didn't want to have to go get another one. Oh, I hear you on that. I never ended up using it. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, what's crazy too is, uh, when I went through this, my prince of Kanak was using a cursed sword. Really? And so he did a lot of damage, but he was also like not able to do anything half the time. And I actually tried mm -hmm. to fight Hargon with it, uh, and that worked out really poorly. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I thought that was, and that made it uniquely challenging. So I had to like redo his items, get him like cured or whatever it is. And um, he became a lot weaker, but he was more reliable. So. That cursed sword sells for a good bit of money too. And you need some serious money to upgrade the prince. There's like one piece of armor that he needs in like this kind of hidden town in the main world. It costs like 61,000 gold. It's the highest priced item in the game. And it only boosts his armor up by 20. But without it, he's just a little wuss. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this game is pure challenge as opposed to some of the other ones. Oh my gosh, that final area. Okay, so first off, getting there is the choice. You gotta go all loopy <laughs> and everything. Yeah. Um, and just hope you don't come into those annoying enemies. Every enemy that you come into is annoying. The bat boons, the ball rocks, whatever they are. Um, the blizzards. Yeah, just, just a hard time even getting there. Okay, you go in this town. And it's a little familiar. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, I've been here before. Oh yeah, this is where we started the game. It's Middenhall, or is it? And so I went in here and I talked to everyone, and they're all like, um, "Praise Hargon. Hargon's great." Oh, here's a warp panel. You don't have to use it though, because Hargon saved the day. And, <laughs> and so I went in. I scratched my head. I came back out. I used the inn, like there. Yeah, yeah. And then I was like, okay, I I didn't see anything I was supposed to do. Maybe this is just like a little little funny thing and then I, I walked around the, the area again and i was like there's nothing else here and so i went back in and it, the funny thing is on the overworld it's the tower but when you go in it's middenhall question mark so the guide says use the eye of malroth to dispel the illusion and then uh when i did that i noticed the inn i spent money on the inn nothing even happened my guy yeah. didn't you know charge you got ripped off dude yeah, I got ripped off 12, 12 Hargon! <laughs> Dare you. Taking my money. <laughs> he's um, also a thief. Yeah. He's put up a good front. <laughs> How did you feel about this, uh, this segment? Uh, it's, it's a lot of good stuff going into it. Um, but just like a lot of places in this game, its execution is lacking. Uh, I would have liked like something to hint me as to what to do. 
Like it, it isn't. That's what makes it a game, you know. Is like, like the game has a game has take back. It has it has give and take. It's like, if you want me to do something, clue me into doing it. Like be like, oh man, like if. Too bad. Uh, too bad you don't have the eye, man. If you had the yeah. eye, you could see us. It, it, like somebody, just give me something. Whereas this game, it's like, oh, you should have just known. Like, what do you? What? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So first off, using the Rubus charm. Okay, maybe you figure that out. Okay, you got that item, and you're supposed to use it. But use the eye of Malroth in the center of the of the crucifix to ascend to the next level. What? Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> well, there's bizarre. like, come on, like, don't don't jerk me around. That's what I wanted to say to the game. Just give me the give me the answer. I don't want to put a damn staircase there. Yeah, this is crazy. I love the ideas of it, but it's the, the execution is so poor that it's like just more frustrating than anything else. Yeah. The tower wasn't so bad, at least. No, especially... Well, okay, and that's kind of a... It is a downside, in a sense, because, like, I did like some of the other towers in the game. The mm -hmm. Tower of Moonbrook or whatever. The, the sea. What, you know, like, whatever that one was with the, the old man. That was, like, a really memorable tower. I was like, oh, my gosh, this is dragging, but I love it. Yeah. You know, like, I, I need to get out of here, but I need to get this item. I didn't really feel that tension when I was in this tower, um, except for the fact that you're already weakened because you had to fight so many monsters just to get here. Yeah. And so maybe that's why like it is set up the way it is. There are mini bosses here, but they are just color coded versions of other bosses you've been fighting up to this point. And they have like weird names like Pazuzu. Or, Do you know um, what Pazuzu is? Atlas. No. Uh, if you ever see, and I don't recommend it, and I've never seen it either. I just know this. Uh, the Exorcist 2. Okay. Pazuzu is the name of the demon. <coughs> so okay. he must be a classic demon in some in some story. But and it, the Exorcist 2 is Pazuzu. Which <laughs> is weird to see in Dragon Quest 2. I'm just like, Pazuzu? <laughs> this was the pre-pun phase. <laughs> <laughs> this is odd. Very weird. Yeah. Um, it's a weird bit of trivia. I just wish that these mini bosses were like spruced throughout. Not necessarily these ones per se, but like that there were they were more significant. Like I, if I fought Bazuzu in the damn sea sea cave, that'd be cool. Yeah, that'd be memorable. Yeah. Um, but I didn't fighting him now. You know, I'm like, get out of the way. I'm trying to fight Hargon. Yeah, exactly. It's like okay, well, let me just take him out, and then I'll go back to the main town. I'll restore my mana, and then I'll come back to the tower. I'll take out Atlas, and you know whatever. And so, a bit too too little, too late. Yeah, the the tower is a little underwhelming, but I guess in a way, both of us, I'm sure, were a little bit relieved <laughs> because yeah. because yeah. it's like we've been beaten up <laughs> on this road, on this wrong yeah. area for like <laughs> the road. Oh my gosh, I stayed up till two a.m. just trying to finish this damn segment. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't regret it, you know. So we finally we we get through it and we fight Hargon. How was this fight for you? Well, like our any good Dragon Quest experience, this is a multi-part battle. So in the first segment, you are fighting the priest, Hargon. Um, I don't remember him being too memorable. The priest goes down pretty easy. 
um, although he does have some strong Firebane attacks. And the fact you don't have a multi-heal spell um, makes this really challenging, as were some of the other uh, fights up to this point. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I think in like a good four or five turns, you know, it's he goes down. How is it for you? Uh, Hargon himself was, was pretty easy. Uh, Malroth would beat me on my first go go through. Uh, again, because mm-hmm. my prince of Kanak was using a cursed sword, yeah. So he it would constantly be like, he's too, he's like cursed, and he can't do anything. And I was like, oh, you're killing me. And so I lost to him on my first one. So I had to start, I had to do the whole trek over again. Um, but yeah, it, it, eventually it wasn't too hard. But I like that. I like that when you beat the the priest part, you're mm-hmm. like able to escape, and then the things block you. Yeah, and then everything st- the tower starts collapsing. Yeah, that's a nice touch. Yeah, and you know what, Malroth, this is the first time, and this is what I meant about the theme thing, where they go really like, like Satan. Yeah, you know, in the first game, it's like okay, you fight a massive purple dragon, great. You know, and it was it was a good battle for sure, um, the dragon lord. But in this one, you're fighting this like mollusk looking creature. You know, that looks sinister and evil. and You get the sense this thing is like, is, is evil incarnate. Yeah, I mean, the whole, the whole area, especially with him like faking the, the town and everything. There's like a lot, this is like witchcraft. Like mm. it feels like they were going for an evil, dark feeling. And, and I, I think it verges definitely on religious. Because Are you saying the main character of Dragon Quest II is a witcher? <laughs> yeah, he's the witcher. Remember the goggles that the witcher had? Yeah. Geralt with his Geralt. goggles? Goggles of Rivia. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, that's like a thing. Like, uh, I mean, think about it. So you have to, to use the, the charm of Rubus, right, to, to reveal the truth about the area. Mm-hmm. That's like a... like. I don't know. That one might be stretched, but it's it's like believing in not not believing in the devil, and like right. Being up for need goddess like um, blessings. Yeah, the eye of Malroth you put in the middle of a cross. I mean, there's like there's, potential here. <laughs> in me, in in my opinion, Dragon Quest has always had a hint of the the religious in it. Um, yeah, and this one is no is like almost not even hiding it in in, in certain ways. Yeah. And then, yeah. yeah, Malroth is clearly a demon. I mean, he's got a, his skull on, yeah. on a chain, which is yeah. just kind of cool, I guess. But he looks like a demon. Yeah. Demon Souls, the original. <laughs> this, is, <laughs> this is the Demon Souls of, of Dragon Quest. Of NES. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think you're totally onto something when you say it's got that theme. It's got a serpent. I didn't even notice this. It has a serpent tail, like the, the it, yeah. it's a snake at the end. Yeah. Yeah, and, and you know, it, even that kind of wicked smile—it's just terrifying. Like, it, and this reminds me of like the Dragon Quest Four boss. It's been a while since I've I've played it, but like, kind of this decrepit creature, you know? Yeah. Um, like a flying cockroach or something, you know? And uh, it's it, it was a very hard battle. This guy has so much HP. Oh my god! And supposedly, in the original, the NES version, he had a he had heal all as a spell. Yeah. Fuck that. Can you imagine? <laughs> yeah, I'm good. Can you imagine like getting to this point 
suffering the 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 awful wilds you know like of the damn um like bat boons and like the you know the everything and then and then getting up to this part of the tower and you take him down you use all your ma your magic you cast defense you cast increase and then right before he goes down he casts heal all <laughs> that's very shinigami tensei yeah you ever played some of the harder games in that series yeah i mean i've played through apocalypse and four oh, okay and, uh, and it's it's so like I, I know it's like there's there's hard and then there's unfair and yeah. i think shimigami tensei generally <laughs> the harder <laughs> ones skew towards unfair it's like a lot of and i know there's counters to the the the, the death ones like where it's an immediate death like there's ways mm -hmm. to counter that but still it's like you can't stat your way through some of that. Like you can't, you can't persevere your way through some of that. It's, it's just like, it's a flip of a coin almost in some ways. And that's yeah. what, that's what a heal all spell on this guy is. And that would just break my heart. To say yeah. As it was, it took me, um, probably 20 turns to take him out. Wow. And like just before he took out my main character, the hero. And I don't even think I had enough, mana to revive him so like when i sent you a picture saying like i beat him my main character was dead <laughs> oh, shit. and somehow it was just enough where the prince and the princess like minute attacks took him out wow and like, they don't do anything to him charm arubis <laughs> they, they don't they thank don't you, thank you Rubis. they don't do anything to malroth <laughs> like your pure damage is just your hero yeah that's 100%. one thing I didn't like about most Dragon Quests, because I love mages. Mm -hmm. Like I, I, if I were, if, if real life were Dragon Quest, I would be a mage, like no doubt in my mind. I love the idea of magic users, boom, kaboom, all that stuff. Awesome, love it. Um, but in Dragon Quest prior to eleven, there is no magic stat, like for magic power, mm. which I've always really been irked by. Because eventually, the more you grind and everything, magicians aren't really, like, powerful. They become buffers. And they become, like, I can wave clear. But, they, like, against a boss, that doesn't do you any good. Yeah. So it's like, it's like when you say you lost your hero, especially in this game, like, because your side characters are already underpowered. Mm -hmm. That's crazy that you even got through it. Because, like, yeah. like what's, what's your fire spell going to do? Like, eight damage? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> yeah, I pretty much just gave up. Well, that's another thing in that that you're like kind of insinuating here. I hate when you get to final boss battles and half your spells are they don't you don't use them on a final boss because you know they don't work. Yeah, yeah. It's like like you gave me all these tools to win, and now you're just gonna take them all away just because you want to make sure this is challenging. It's kind of like mm -hmm. all right. Pretty much the only strategy is cast a decrease on him cast increase on you attack him and heal your party when you need to yeah like yeah every... yeah all mage stuff goes out the window like it does, right. none of that matters anymore the whole her whole identity is now you're a buffer instead of a wizard i that that has always irked me about pretty much all dragon quests i do think though like because some of your attack spells still do pretty good like when uh the princess has exploded that does pretty well but again that's like a, a multi-attack thing so you're kind of wasting mana using it on him yeah yeah 
That's okay though. I get. I mean, they they were still learning, so I, I get it. Yeah. It's it's not yeah. a bad fight. It's certainly challenging, and I'm I'm glad that the heel all was gone. That's that's all. I oh, jeez, yeah, yeah. If I saw him casting heel, I might not have done it. <laughs> <laughs> I just said, okay, Spence, we're going to do this as is. Just watch a let's play. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Well, if you watched the let's play, you would have seen the ending of the game. Um, kind of like the first one. It's it's an ending. Victory lap. <laughs> Only you become the king in this one, right? You don't have a choice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. What'd you think of the ending? Is and do you have anything? Uh, there's not much to say, I guess. It's. I just like that uh, all the monsters are gone, and you could just kind of roam the area. You could talk to everyone. They're like, "Wow, you did it! Great, Hargon's gone! Hooray! I'm gonna drink." Um, and. <laughs> Like I, I do like that you because usually when you beat a final boss, it's like okay, cutscene credits end. No, you get to really patrol the area. You get to walk around and like you get to sail and and you don't have to worry about encounter rate. That's and that's why it's a victory lap. I kind of like that. You yeah. just you know you get that chance to really, um, march your way back to the kingdom and tell tell the king what you did. You know what the game also did that it was a uh, Earthbound. Stop spoiling stuff for me. Okay, but that's cool. <laughs> well, Earthbound is a is a huge is influenced by Dragon Quest so much. So I think they might have added that. Mm. I'm sure Yakuza like a dragon might do it as well. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta play that. You should. It's good. Yeah, I need to get more into it, but um, mm. you know, this takes priority. So uh, alternate endings, man. Did you were you able to read up on the weird alternate ending that they tried to add yeah, in this where, game? Where the Prince of Kanik sacrifices himself, taking out um Malroth, and then you go back to the kingdom and uh his sister is like, You killed my brother, and just before you're about to get married to the princess, although she's your cousin, <laughs> and uh she stabs you. <laughs> End of game. Uh this doesn't say you're gonna get married. Oh, does it not? Maybe I invented that. <laughs> um, although it's, it could be Alabama. I'm not sure. But, yeah. but Is that how Alabama is? Yeah. But she plunges it. Yeah, she, she stabs you with a dagger. And I like, I like the way that he describes it because he says, um, but that ending was far too sad. So in the end, we decided against it. And yet, I still really want to make something with that kind of atmosphere if I ever had the chance. I want to I make something that. beautiful yeah. and sad, a tearful RPG. The yeah. one I'll have the chance, who knows. A game that while you're playing it, tears well up in your eyes without your even being aware. I think that would make for a good game. It does. And they, you know what? They, they do that later. Yeah. Um, I'm glad that he saved that card for later because that execution would have been so horrible. But it would be great. What the hell? <laughs> the end question mark? <laughs> um, yeah, that's like, that would have been so bad. But yeah, no, I love that he was already thinking of that in the mm -hmm. past because he would come back with, um, when's the first, I guess, I guess five is when people really think that, that that's the emotional one. The tragedy. Uh -oh. The Dragon Quest tragedy, you know, four doesn't really have 
too many tragic elements although there is like some rival character i think that there's something interesting going on with six doesn't really have anything um seven has a seven going forward i think they each have their own maybe yeah the kefir stuff was like really really well done and mature Mm -hmm. um eight has one of the saddest moments like i think i've ever played in a video game and 11 has a really really sad moment too that i think one of the sadder moments so like he's he's been able i think with technology and the improved graphics and everything and, and voice acting goes a long way in some of those mm-hmm. later ones uh man they, they needed to redo five like in dragon quest 11's engine oh my god wow. uh, the things they could do um but but yeah i'm glad to see that he was already thinking of it in dragon quest 2 and i'm gl- also grateful that it, he didn't use it because that would have been terrible can you imagine like <laughs> let the interns tell the story? <laughs> the king, I'm so proud of you, son. Sister, what have you done to my brother? You killed him. The stabs zero. King, oh no. <laughs> Credits roll. It would be beautiful. Uh, so, Dragon Quest 2. We've gotten through it. Uh, what do you think of Dragon Quest Two? What's the legacy? What's what's your opinion on the game? Okay, uh, you said it was frequently hailed as the black sheep of the series, and I just think that's unfair. Hmm. I think that uh, this game is still a kind of like the stepping stone to future Dragon Quest that we would see. We see that even just in the very ending there. Um, but to say that this is the worst Dragon Quest game just because nobody talks about it or just because it wasn't popular then really undersells how how um, great and improved the experience is here from the first game. I would actually look at this and argue that it's a stronger game than Dragon Warrior 1. What do you think about that? I would definitely think it's a stronger game than dragon dragon warrior absolutely um i when 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 we say that it's a worse it's the worst game of the dragon quest series um i i i think well for one i think of it in two ways one of the ways is it's the worst game of a series that we love and I just want to clarify, it's not necessarily that you or I is saying this is the single worst game of the series. Maybe you're saying that. I do say that. that. Okay. I do say that, but um, but uh, but it's the worst game of a series that we love. So How do you like, say this is worse than Dragon Quest One? Um, I, okay. So from a purely me- mechanical perspective, it's definitely okay. better than Dragon Quest One. Like okay. if you're if you're looking for like the Dragon Quest experience. Dragon Quest Two has much more of that experience than one does, and in, okay. be- in better form. But when you look at it from like a historical perspective, because like uh. honestly, one through three, honestly, like as much as I like three and I'm excited to play it, those are like old games, yeah. and and you know people might hate on that that the concept of it, but I don't really like playing old games if I don't if I have the choice. I would love for them to get remade into like a new engine and everything. And that would be awesome. But in general, they're old games. So if I'm going to go back to play one, two, and three, it's really honestly more of a historical journey than the name. Then be like, Oh, this is interesting. This is how they made it back then. And this is how they did this. And this is 
where this started. And from that perspective, Dragon Quest is a little more interesting. Like the to, first to, one. Yeah, to see like, oh, here's where, here's here's their original thought of of what the series yeah. is, and here's their original thought of this. And Dragon Quest Two is like it's it's almost equally as interesting, but is it's like here's where they tried to fix it, and some of it is like, ugh, this isn't the way they should do it, and they changed it later because it was bad here. And, yeah. and, and so from, from a historical perspective, I think that's where people say one is probably technically better in a way than two. I could see that. I, and I see that as like kind of an identity thing. It's, you, you think of like, it's funny, these Dragon Quest games have these huge subtitles. Like we didn't even talk about the one for this game. The, the, what is it? The Luminary of the... It, it was given that later, right? Luminaries of the Legendary Line. I think that okay. it was given that like, because it originally was just Dragon Quest 2. Okay, yeah. Um, but, you know, we, we create our own kind of subtitles for these. Like Dragon <laughs> Quest 1 is the original RPG. Yeah. Dragon Quest 2 is what? The clusterfuck? <laughs> <laughs> the, the quicker fixer-upper? <laughs> uh, the Cave of Roan Plus? <laughs> yeah. And so, like, while there are improvements, for sure, I and I happen to love, like, I think the storytelling was done way better in this game than mm-hmm. it was in the first one. And that there um, is storytelling? The fact that there is storytelling <laughs> at all. Yeah, exactly. Um, some things were just made worse in the progress, in the process. Like, the, the progression system is, like, it's, in the first game, it's probably manageable. Like, I think you could manage playing the first game at the time without the guide this one not a chance in hell you need that guide yeah. i i'm not convinced you could play this game without that guide um it would be tough it would be very very tough they wanted to jam pack it with a lot more stuff and i applaud that but they didn't have the experience or the technical know-how to um achieve making that actually work Mm -hmm. and so instead we just get you just had to hit a against that tree (laughs) dude i'd have given up which i probably i wouldn't have even known to use the eye of malroth to make the the bar the barnacles disappear around the cave of roan yeah there's so many moments i just i would never figure out i wouldn't have figured out even the dog leading me to go pick up the gold key from the patch of grass yeah you wouldn't know and that's that's the thing about these old games is that, and that's another reason I just don't like playing them that much, like from a fun perspective, is that mm-hmm. they're they're too antiquated in a lot of that. Like they didn't have an answer for that, so it's pretty much just like a follow the guide kind of thing. If I don't want to spend like fifty hours trying to solve, trying to beat it, yeah. But if I can overlook that, if yeah. I can overlook the aspect of needing a guide to play it, there's so much substance here. This is the fight against Satan. You know, this is the fight against the bat demon lord. This is the the fight for the legacy of the the Erdrick line. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, he even fights with his family. The main characters are his cousins, even if they do suck. <laughs> you know, this is the fight of humanity against evil. So, like, I I hesitate to say that this is worse than Dragon Quest One. I. I think um it is a it's a better, messier package. 
that's an interesting way to put it. Yeah. Yeah, that 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 is a very good way to sum it up. It's not as simple for better or for worse. Mhm. Yeah. You do have a more engaging everything, combat, narrative, overworld. Um it's just not intuitive. Yeah, and I think people and what's cool is that I do like that they tie all the stories together. 1 mm-hmm. through 3. So this becomes necessary. But it's a necessary stepping stone for 1, 2 and 3. And I'm just excited to see 3. 3 is like the f- complete evolution. Yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of impressive that they're able to get that all through the NES. I mean, technically four is NES as well, but they're able to get like the the series down lock pat like within three games. Final Fantasy hasn't found their <laughs> thing in like <laughs> thirty years. Although the point of Final Fantasy is to, to innovate, but still, yeah. Dragon Quest was like settled by nineteen eighty eight, I guess. Whenever three came out, eighty nine, eighty eight, I can't remember. Um. And two is just a huge, um, huge leap forward, almost a bigger leap forward than two to three. I w- and and we'll, we'll discuss that, I'm sure, once we do three. But mm. two is a very, very large step forward. For being a project from the interns, I mean, <laughs> they didn't screw it up that bad. They, you know, they didn't do the alternate ending. <laughs> they showed some restraint. I appreciate yeah. that. They learned coding. absolutely well that's dragon quest 2 this has been awesome totally i can't wait to do dragon quest 3 we're on the right path yeah Uh, we're gonna complete the uh the trilogy the lodo or erdrick trilogy as they call it yeah the the lesser renowned trilogy in dragon quest lore but really the only trilogy (laughs) That's not true, because the Zenithian trilogy is a four, five, and six. Right, right. It is, but they're like yeah, I guess you're right in a narrative sense. Yeah, they're they're completely unrelated, just that they have a floating castle. <laughs> and egg crystal. Yeah. So this one had two. Yeah. Yeah. So this is like the only I'll hesitate to say that, but it's mainly the only three that are connected via the story. Yeah, and it is it is pretty present, like in 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 the overall grand scheme of things. So in that sense, yeah, you're right. We're gonna wrap it up with three next time. That'll probably take us even longer to get through, but uh, <laughs> but I can't wait. And thank you so much for joining me on this uh, this journey, this quest, this quest. Yeah. I might call it. Some might call it yes, a quest, a quest for the heart of the dragon, the dragon lord. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, Thanks for joining us, everybody. Uh, it's been a hell of a journey. This has been, what, like two hours almost? Maybe. Just about, yeah. Um, so thanks for stay- sticking with it if you're here. And uh, we'll see you guys next time for Dragon Quest Three. <laughs> see y'all then. Bye-bye.